0: hi i'm elizabeth and you are listening to another episode of i want to talk about this poem thanks for listening i have a poem that i've been wanting to talk about for a while today but unfortunately my whole family finally got covid and that derailed me a little bit this week's poem is called feeding the meter in the witch city it's by cindy veach Um, She is a formerly Massachusetts poet, now living in Seattle, and Cindy Veach is the author of two collections of poetry, Gloved in Blood, which was her first, and in 2021, she published the book Her Kind. Um, Both of these were published by Cavan Carey Press, which is, I think, one of my favorite mediumly small presses. They just make beautiful books that are so readable and leave you thinking. Her Kind, Cindy Veach's second book is all about the women of the Salem witch trials, the speaker's divorce, and there's a kind of like subplot also about uh, the state of American politics in the last five years. These are three sort of linked narratives that you might not think go together at all, but this is one of the most unified, beautiful, Um, collections of poetry that I have read in ages. Like, I I read it in one sitting. I absolutely loved it. The poem that we're talking about today, Feeding the Meter in the Witch City, wasn't part of her kind, but it's almost like a fun online um, extra bonus because it also talks about Salem, Massachusetts, and it also references the witch trials. So here we go with Feeding the Meter in the Witch City. It's five below and the metal meter is cold and ravenous. Swallows every last nickel, dime, prized quarter my numb fingers can dig up. I'm buying time for breakfast with friends at Salem's Gulu Cafe, scrounging for coins and channeling the opening scene from Cool Hand Luke. Paul Newman, cutting the heads off parking meters, swigging liquor straight from a bottle. Witch city, witch anything and everything, endless Halloween, trials and hangings on repeat. I hate these cold New England winters. I hate parking meters and the kitschy way Salem celebrates the tragedy that put it on the map. I say hex on that, call it for what it was, murder. Today I heard that my state is suing the Sackler family, those rich patrons of the arts who pushed the miracle of OxyContin and conjured the opioid epidemic. How Mass General, Harvard, Smithsonian took their money named Wings and Galleries Sackler. I think of the tragedy of spectral evidence, what the Salem witch trials got wrong in the name of the devil. May the Attorney General of Massachusetts get right. Today, The devil dwells in that gritty Salem apartment building beside the city lot where I stand, slipping my last cold coin into the meter, where a young man, still a boy really, in a blue t-shirt, hangs out a third-floor window, doubled over, retching, under a spell he can't break, a kind of barren mourning with the image of the parking meter, right, and the cold. The speaker's outside. I think the things that are set up in that first stanza really identify for you the important images and ideas that are going to be significant all the way through this poem. One, this kind of combination of hunger and greed that's represented by the parking meter, and two, the contrast between outsiders and insiders. The speaker of the poem effectively is an insider. She's only transiting through this period of cold on her way to go meet up for breakfast with her friends where she knows she's gonna be warm and she's gonna be fed and she's gonna be surrounded by love. But in the moment when she's in the parking lot, she's witnessing the ravages that are happening around her and they're coming in the form of the coldness and the hunger and the greed that, i think this poem lays at the feet of the sackler family Um, but at the same time it's also saying salem itself kind of does the same thing salem as the city has chosen to take the suffering of the people who went through the witch trials and package it Uh, as entertainment. So in in the same way that the Sacklers have taken the absolute horror that they ultimately are responsible for in the way that they marketed OxyContin and pushed back against attempts to limit it, um, then they tried to kind of filter that through uh, through all the buildings that they have named after them. Mass General and Harvard and Smithsonian all took their monies for their galleries, um Salem is sort of doing the same thing Salem saying this is something really awful that happened in history but how about if we make it fun and a hot time and we profit off of kind of the image that we put even without reflecting really on what's underneath that image And you know even if you think about the actual Salem witch trials in relationship to the Sackler family I think the poem invites you to consider some um, comparisons there as well when it says what the Salem witch trials got wrong in the name of the devil may the attorney general of Massachusetts get right. When you think about the Salem witch trials the Accusers, especially at the beginning, very often were more powerful than those that they accused and they used their accusations as a way to consolidate their power. In some ways, I think the poem sets up the Sacklers as doing the same thing. The Sackler family is much more powerful than the individual people who were impacted by its marketing choices um, through addictions or through the way their families were impacted by addictions. And also, if you think about the Salem Witch Trials, they were like the people who accused, they used God as the cover. So they did, they took their actions in the, in the name of righteousness. And the poem draws you to the idea that the Sackler family wants to define themselves as patrons of the arts, not as far as pharmaceutical businessmen. Um, And so in the same way that the original accusers in the Salem Witch Trials kind of took a moral high ground, the poem suggests that the Sackler family, by investing in culture, is trying to create a kind of moral high ground for itself. But those are not the images that stick with you. Even though the focus on the Sackler family is in the third stanza, which is really I always think of it as the belly of the poem where the real digestion goes on. Um, That last stanza of the poem takes you back to the moment of witnessing where the speaker is sitting, sitting, the speaker is standing in the parking lot and she sees a young man, still a boy really, she says, Leaning out of a third-floory window, retching probably from the consequences of addiction. That moment of pathos and sadness, that's the true legacy of the Sackler family, not their buildings. And the true legacy of the Salem Witch Trials is the people who were killed, not the, you know parades and haunted houses that Salem uses uh, to create its cultural identity every fall. That was Feeding the Meter in the Witch City by Cindy Veach, and as I close I'll just say I love the way Cindy Veach brings these three disparate ideas into this poem together. The historical tragedy of the Salem witch trials, the kitschy response and um, that Salem Mass has made to those witch trials, and the egregious behavior of the Sackler family in fueling the opioid crisis. She brings these together in a poem that seems narrative, really, but it's not narrative. It has all of these interesting argumentative structures built into it that make it worth reading over and over again. I loved this poem, and I absolutely loved her kind, as I mentioned already. Um, where a lot of the poems, I think Cindy Veach does that. She brings, she braids together and brings together different experiences from the personal to the historical um, to the political. Before I log off, I, didn't, I forgot to mention earlier that Cindy Veach is also the poetry co-editor of mom egg review which is a wonderful magazine as well thank you for listening with me and i hope that you will someday listen to another episode of i want to talk about this poem with me take care